Uh, I didn't know what to entitle this message today, so um, I call it the goal. Alley? Yeah, the goal. Yeah, so uh, BYA. What's your goal in life? Now, I'll tell you. One of my number one goals, one of my number one goals in life is to have scriptural reasoning for everything that I say and do. That's also uh, one of the main goals that I have for for our ministry, for BYA ministry, is to have <laughs> scriptural reasoning for everything that we say and do. You know, you know. So that's uh, like I said, that's that's also motivation for the ministry is to have scriptural reasoning for everything we say and do. And the reason for that, you know, um, you know. So like, I really take that seriously because like, I have scriptural reasoning for scriptural reasoning to be my number one goal. You know, and the reason for that for me having scriptural reasoning as the number one goal and for it to be one of the number one goals of the ministry is because in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with Elohim and the Word was Elohim. Hallelujah. And we know that Word was our Messiah, Yahshua. You know, um, but also there are several witnesses such as, uh, you know, we see that in the beginning, you know, was the Word and that Word um, was there from the beginning that word was Yahshua and then but if we go to the end you know um, the end of the book in Revelation 19 13 it tells us concerning Yahshua that he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of Elohim so we see the word in the beginning and the word in the end amen you know now when Yahshua came here he said I am the way the truth and the life. And if you think about it, the word is the way. The word is the truth. And Yahshua, when he walked here, he said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Mm -hmm. So the word is also the life. You know, so I pray that you can see how the word takes precedence. You know, should take precedence. It should be the final authority for our lives. Come on, quicker, quick. All right. Now, Yochanan 1717 says, Sanctify them by the truth. Hallelujah. Your word is truth. Mm -hmm. See, and so this is also why scriptural reasoning is one of my main motivations in life to have scriptural reasons for the same, for the things I say and do and for BYA to have scriptural reasonings for the things that it's saying do. Because the word teaches us here, such um, places such as here, is to sanctify, that we're sanctified by the truth. We're sanctified by his word. You know, so this is what sets us apart. This is what makes us holy. Amen? You know, this is what make, makes us yas, is another way to say that. You know, this is what makes us his. It's when we're sanctified, set apart by his word. You know, um, also, consider Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify her, speaking about 
his bride, the ecclesia, um, the church, if you would, having cleansed her by the washing of the word, by the washing of the water with the word, I'm sorry, that he might, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. And again, so it's the word that keeps us clean. It's the word that sanctifies us. It's the word that, that makes us um, yas. You know, and I think I have one more. First Peter 1.22, you have purified your souls by obeying the truth in order to show sincere mutual love. So love one another earnestly from a pure heart. You know, and so again, we see that it's through the word that we are purified, that we're cleansed. You know, it's by obeying the truth. You know, we know that the truth is the word. Amen? Amen. You know, and so that's what it's about. That's what it's about for me. And, you know, that's what it's about for BYA, and that's what it should be about for you. You know, and that being said, you know, come on, clicker. That being said, you know, someone told me that I was doing something wrong. And I'm a firm believer that when you've done something wrong, you should be able to admit it, be sorry, for no one in history has ever choked the dove from swallowing their pride. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, and I have to say I'm sorry. I was wrong. You know, last week, last week, I received a message from the, from the Most High, a message from Elohim for myself as well as BYA. And that message was found in 2 Chronicles 15, 1 through 7. Um, can I have a, uh, have, have a reader read 2 Chronicles 15, 1 through 7, please? And the Ruach of Elohim came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Yehuda and Benjamin. Yahuwah is with you. While ye be with him, and if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel had been without a true Elohim, and without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto Yahuwah Elohim of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city, for Elohim did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Hallelujah. Okay, so this was the message um, that that I received, you know, for myself and for BYA, you know, uh, and essentially, Yah was letting us know that He's with us, and that while He's with us, while we be with Him, 
So, in other words, as long as we're with him, he's with us. But if we forsake him, he'll forsake us. You know, and he says, you know, be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak. You know, for your work shall be rewarded. You know, and so when I was contemplating this word, you know, ever since that time, you know, and to be with him, you know, predicated on the passages um, that I that I just read, you know, would also equate to being with his word. Can you see that? Because he's his word. You know, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with Elohim, the word was Elohim. So he's this word. So to be with him is to be with his word. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. You know, and to forsake him is to forsake his word. Amen. You know, and so that's something that I was toiling over um, throughout the week. Now, it um, continued on in verses 8 through 14. It says, and when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Odad the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Yahuda and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of Yahuwah that was before the porch of Yahuwah. You know, and so basically he took everything that offended and put it away. And it says in verse 9, he gathered all of Yahuda and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that Yahuwah, his Elohim, was with them. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of, of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto Yahuwah the same, the same time of the spoil which they had brought 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek Yahuwah Elohim of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. That whosoever should not seek Yahuwah Elohim of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto Yahuwah with a loud voice and with shouting and trumpets and with cornets. And we entered into covenant with Yah that day and we swore unto him. And we did some shouting and we blew some trumpets too. Amen. You know, uh, you know, and here it is. We, we see that they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, you know, and I showed that uh, also in Exodus 19, you know, they also gathered in the third month, you know, uh, in Exodus 19, it seems to be talking about, you know, um, specifically at the third month, you know, and in all fairness, this just says in the third month, it doesn't specify which day, you know, uh, now, now again, last, last week, I was told that I was wrong. And, you know, the person contacted me, you know, um, discreetly, spoke to me out of sincerity and truth and with love. And essentially, told me I was wrong and concerning Shavuot and so you know I heard them and I had the Berean attitude and I decided to 
check out what they were saying. You know, now the first thing that uh, pop up in my head when I think of Shavuot um, and has been for years is Leviticus 23.14 which says, And ye shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your Elohim. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Okay, and so, you know, uh, from this, you know, from this passage, I can't see how you can wave the sheaf after unleavened bread or after Passover, seeing that you have to eat bread prior to. Now, technically speaking, you can hold on to some bread, some grain from the year before. You know, I just, that just doesn't seem feasible to me when you're talking about, you know, a people of, you know, over a million people, you know, and so that is the one, that is the, like the main passage that, you know, I stood on when it came to Shavuot, and this is why we all, we've always, uh, we've kept Shavuot, you know, uh, we started to count for Shavuot prior to Passover for many years. Because of this, you know. Now, the person candidly pointed out Deuteronomy seventeen eight and nine. Deuteronomy seventeen eight and nine said, "If there arise a matter too hard for you in judgment between blood and blood, between plea and plea, between stroke and stroke, you know, then you're supposed to go to the priest, right?" Um, Verse 9 continues on and says, And you shall come to the priest, the Levites, and to um, judge uh, that to the judge that shall be in those days and inquire. So, you know, technically speaking, if there's a matter that's too hard, you go to the priest. You know, such as, you know, this Shavuot thing, this calendar thing as a whole has been like a thorn. And, you know, um, not only in my flesh, but but every 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 um everybody that's trying to walk this thing out <laughs> in all actuality, you know what I'm saying? You know, and that's just the truth of the matter, you know. But the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, the words that changed the world or should have changed the world. The Dead Sea Scrolls is a wonderful, um, you know, it's it's no less. No less a miracle of Elohim, you know, I truly believe that the finding of these scrolls was Yah's will, you know, and that was Yah's will being done. When you look at the timing in which they were found and the circumstances in which they were found, you know, you can come to no other um, conclusion outside of, you know, Yah's hand was in this. You know, after all, they was found after 2,000 years, you know, but at that precise time, the timing was just impeccable. It, it just had Yah's fingerprints on it. You know, now, that said, you know, the priest who hid this library, who um, scribed this library and hid this library, you know, in those mountains, you know, uh, from the text itself, you know, uh, teaches us that they were of the Zadokite priesthood. 
you know, and they had a Zadokite calendar, which was based on the Enochian calendar, you know, that was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, and because of that passage in, in uh, Deuteronomy 17, 8 and 9, you know, uh, Yah showed me that, and he showed me this calendar, and it took things out of my hands. You know, it took it took it out of my hands, and so I was able to, you know, do what Scripture said. I was able to go to the Zadokite priest. You know, even though they're they're dead, they were they're yet talking through their writings. You know, and so, you know, here it is. We have you know actual evidence of the calendar that they kept. You know, but concerning Shavuot. It says on their calendar that they kept it on the 15th of the third month. You know, and the only way that you can keep it on the 15th of the third month is if you start counting the Omer after Passover. You know, strange but true. You know, so it does actually speak to that. You know, now, I did find some evidence that, uh, you know, at least one source or one witness that it might have been changed throughout the years, you know, from um, times past, you know. But again, you know, you know uh, I admit, like, the evidence, you know, or the scripture that I was standing on is only one scripture. You know, and, you know, every matter is to be established by two to three witnesses, right? You know, not just one, you know, but, you know, I do have that passage. I did have this uh, source that was saying that, you know, it may have been changed from times past. So, you know, when I found out that with the Dead Sea Scrolls that it was on, um, that they said it was on the 15th of the third month, you know, again, that just made no sense to me. It just made no sense. You know? Now, nevertheless, it didn't make no sense because of Leviticus 23, 14, which says you can't eat bread or parched corn or green ears until you brought an offering unto Elohim. You know, and so, you know, and you're trying to feed a million people. So, I is every year they're going to keep keep enough um, grain to feed a million people, you know, for several days with unleavened bread, you know, just didn't make sense to me. But, you know, nevertheless, this is what's being proposed, you know, by by the uh, Zadokite priests. Now, the person who pointed this out to me, they didn't come empty-handed. Now, one of the things that, you know, you guys, you know, probably heard me say, you know, which um, I'm, I'm very adamant about, which is, you know, hey, because of the motivation, my motivation for life and the motivation for this ministry, you know, if you see something that we're doing wrong and you bring it to my attention or to one of the, um, the ecclesia's attention, you know, and... You don't come empty-handed, meaning you don't just come with your opinion. 
you know, but you actually have some scriptures to back up what you're saying, you know, then, you know, we'll have a Berean attitude and, and look it over. You know, and they didn't come empty-handed. They actually did have some scriptures. And they were from the Book of Jubilees, you know, which is one of the books that was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know, and I've read the book um, a few times, but I have not studied it as of yet. You know, and so I was familiar with uh, one of the passages, but for whatever reason, you know, I wasn't familiar with the other one. And it was probably because of, you know, pride. You know, me looking at things through the lenses of Leviticus um, 2314, you know, and when you think you know something, you can't learn in that area. And so, you know, that's probably why I didn't see it, you know. Nevertheless, they pointed out a couple things. And so I did have a Berean attitude, you know, I did go and check it out and so we're going to take a look at what I found concerning it you know as I pray to put the subject away for good you know um, <laughs> you know to just finally be done with the calendar issue you know I mean you know yeah please you know it's been like 20 years you know, <laughs> I am weary. That's what mm. Yeah, but it's something for overdone. You know, <laughs> I am weary. You know, so um, we're going to take a look at some passages from the book of um, Jubilees concerning Abram and Melchizedek. You know, as well as um, Abram and his covenant with Elohim. And some uh, 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 some passages concerning first fruits offering, and how they all are connected. All right. We're gonna start with Jubilees thirteen twenty five through twenty eight. Let me have my next reader read Jubilees thirteen twenty five through twenty eight, please. And Abram. And for his seed, a tenth of the first fruits to Yahuwah, and Yahuwah ordained, ordained it as a ordinance forever that they should give it to the priests who served before him, that they should possess it forever. And to this law there is no limit of days, for he has ordained it for the generation forever that they should give to Yahuwah the tenth of everything, of the seed and of the wine and of, of the oil and of the cattle and of the sheep. And he gave it unto his priests to eat and to drink with joy uh, before him. And you believe 14 That's good. You can, you can stop right there for a second. Okay, so I want to point out, like, this is, this is uh, Abram and his interaction with Melchizedek. You know, when we align these things up with uh, with, with uh, our canon, you know, we see that this incident was actually with 
Melchizedek, you know, and so it's speaking about how Abram gave a tenth of the first fruits to Yahuwah and how Yahuwah ordained it as an ordinance forever that they should give it to the priest who served before him and they should possess it forever and to this law there's no limit because he ordained it forever you know that you give a tenth of everything of the seed and of the wine and of the oil take note that those are the first fruit offerings you know of the seed the barley and the, and the wheat the wine and the oil can you see that you know and he gave it unto his priest to eat and drink you know with joy before him and this was Melchizedek you know that was the priest that he get, gave it to you know now it doesn't tell us that in Jubilee but it tells us that in Genesis amen you know now this is me right here in the purple you know and what I'm saying is this this is possibly the 15th uh, and don't know for certain but very very possibly I believe um, yeah you know I really believe it's the 15th now if we continue on you know uh, we run into Jubilees 14, which comes immediately after, um, just shortly after this, this passage, you know, and it says after these things, after this day, in, in other words, when he gave, you know, this, these first um, fruits and, you know, he gave it to Melchizedek, um, his priest, you know, and he watched them eat it. Now, you know, during this time, it also speaks of, you know, uh, the conversation that he had with the king of Sodom. You know, just like it does in Genesis, you know, uh, speaks about that conversation he had with them and how he wasn't going to take anything, you know, unless he say he caused uh, Abram to become rich, you know, uh, same verbiage and stuff. So we know it's the same time, same day, same everything. Okay, then it goes on, verse 14, it says, And after these things, in the fourth year of the week, on the new moon of the third month, now this is, this is undoubtedly the 16th this is the 16th of the third month you know uh, now I was kind of working backwards um, a little bit and I had left this part out so I didn't I wasn't able to detail it like I did the uh, part that's coming you know but you know this definitely was the 16th and we know that because we have the calendar we have the Zadokite calendar and the Zadokite calendar according to the Zadokai calendar this was the 16th because the new moon fell on the third month the, uh, or the new moon of the third month fell on the 16th so this would be the 16th you know which is you know in the third month now it says the word of Yahuwah came to Abram in a dream saying fear not Abram I am thy defender and thy reward uh, will be exceeding great, you know. So he spoke to him on the 16th. Remember that. Put that on the shelf. Put that on your mental shelf. He spoke to to Abraham, uh, to Abram rather on the on the 16th, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if we go down a little further in Jubilee uh, 14, 10 through 13, it says he took all of these in the middle of the month. Now, you know, I already told you that, like the new moon on the fourth in the fourth year falls on the 16th now we see evidence of that 
in Jubilee 10 through 13, it tells us, and he took all these in the middle of the month. The 16th is definitely in the middle of the month, is it not? You know, and he dwelt at the Oak of Mamre, which is near Hebron, and he built there an altar and sacrificed all these, and he poured their blood upon the altar and divided them in the midst and laid them over against each other, but the birds divided he not, and the birds came down upon the pieces, and Abram drove them away and did not suffer the birds to touch them. What are we talking about? The covenant that, that Yah made with, with Aaron, right? So this, this is the covenant that he made with Aaron when he told him to split the, the pieces of the, um, split the animals in half. And he came during uh, that evening and went betwixt them, remember? Yeah. Okay, so, and we're told that this is, took place in the middle of the month. And uh, that concurs with the Zadokite calendar, you know, which actually aligns with this, which is just mind-blowing in and of itself. You know, now if we go a little further in Jubilees 15, 1 through 3, it says, In the fifth year of the fourth week, in the fifth year of the fourth week of this Jubilee, in the third month, in the middle of the month, so now we're talking about, we're talking about uh, a different year, you know. We're talking about a different year, you know, and it's saying in the third month, in the middle of the month, Abram celebrated the feast of first fruits of the grain harvest you know and so we can see like if this truly was the 15th and the 16th you know jubilees 13 25 through 28 with jubilees 14 1 now i don't know you guys may not be familiar with this but you know uh that the ancient yahudim you know always stated that that uh Shavuot was a two-day festival. And so, that said, you can see this here with the 15th and the 16th. You know, so they said that it was um, originally a two-day festival, then they, they started just keeping, you know, one day. You know, but if you look at this account, you can see why. Why that may be, right? You know, now, Jubilee 15, 1 through 3, my next reader, please. And in the fifth year of the fourth week of this jubilee, in the third month, in the middle of the month, Abram celebrated the feast of the first fruits of the grain harvest, and he offered new offerings on the altar, the first fruits of the produce unto Yahuwah, a heifer and a goat and a sheep, on the altar as a burnt sacrifice unto Yahuwah, their fruit offerings and their drink offerings he offered unto the altar with frankincense. And Yahuwah appeared to Abram and said unto him. Okay, so now here it is. We see in Jubilees 13, 25 through 28, we see definitely something being established some type of feast day or some type of uh holy day being ordained of yah you know because it says into this law there is no limit of days it, it tells us that yahuwah ordained it as an ordinance forever amen this is something that yahuwah did now we see that it's possibly 
um, the 15th and the 16th. You know, now we definitely see where Yah ordained this. Now, we see that during this same time, you know, in another year, during the same time, Avram is keeping first fruits. You know, you know, uh, which is pointing to that being the first fruits and we see that he did give of the first fruits he gave of the seed the wine and the oil you know now so here it is we see um in jubilees 15 1 through 3 you know it tells us it was the third month in the middle of the month and it was first fruits you know so that is a pretty clear witness too right you know so we have first witness of above uh, but the first witness is Zadokite calendar. Another witness is, is Jubilees 13 through 14. And then Jubilees 15, you know, is yet another witness. But then we also come to Jubilees 43. Jubilees 43, 19 through 20 says, And Yahuda came near and said, And Yahuda came near and said, Send him with me. And if I do not bring him back to thee, let me bear the blame before thee all the days of my life. And he sent him with me in the second year of this week on the first day of the month. Okay? Now, we're out of the story of Abraham. This is the story of Yahweh. All right? You know, and specifically, it's during the time of Yosef when Yosef was in power in Mitzrayim. You know, and... You know, they, um, Joseph was trying to get them to bring Benjamin to him. Remember that? Yeah. You know, and, you know, Yaakov was like, nah, I'm not letting my son go. Y'all already done, you know, uh, already done uh, sent off uh, Joseph, he gone. Then he sent, uh, uh, who was it, Simeon, he gone. And now you want me to send Benjamin, you know, my baby boy? You know, nah, not going to happen. You know, and so Reuben came to him and said, you know, you know, send him with me. Like, nah, I sent, Joseph was on, under your watch and, and he came up missing. And now this is his brother. Nah, I'm not going to do that. So Yahuda came to him and said, send him with me. And he let him go with Yahuda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. You know, and so, but Jubilees gives us the timing. It says, in the second year of this week, on the first day of the month. So we have, we have at least the year. We know it was year two, right? Mm -hmm. It was the second year. Now, we know it's the first day of the month, but we don't know what month, right? right. We just know it's the first day of the month. Now, if we go down into Jubilees 44, 1 through 5, we learn the rest. It says, And Israel took his journey from Haran, from his house on a new moon of the third month. Okay, so he let him go with them. He let Benjamin go with Judah, you know, on the first month, uh, first day of the month. Now, it says he took his journey on the new moon of the third month. Now, they, they, they went to Mitzrayim. We, we know the story, you know, from, from, uh, from Genesis. They go to Mitzrayim. Yosef sees them. You know, they try to buy some grain. Joseph have them for dinner, you know, and he has a banquet. He let them know that uh, 
what he don't let he don't let them know that he's he's um their brother yet. But he gives them a banquet and he gives Benjamin like five times more food than 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 everybody else. And when they go in there to sit with at dinner with him, he has them all all seated according to their ages, and, they, and they're wondering like, how you know that? <laughs> you know, right. how, how, how you know uh, you know the order of our birth? You know, and so you know, but he gives. Benjamin five times as much and he gives them presents and he gives Benjamin five times as many garments and so on. Okay, so we know what happens. He sends them out and then he hides his cup and has his servant to hide his cup in Benjamin's bag and while they're going, he sends his, his uh, servants after him and to uh, make it look like Benjamin stole his cup. But then Judah, who was supposed to be responsible for being Yamin, steps up and take the um and, and say take him instead. And so he ended up revealing who he was because his heart was, you know, he seen that they were trying to be good and his heart was, was yearning for him. And so everything got exposed. And then he, he says, Go and get my dad. And bring my dad. Okay. So we know like that's that that happened one day, then um, then they ate, you know, and then he, I think they may have spent the night. So it's either like the second, the second, um, third at the most, you know, uh, um, day of the month because they left with Benjamin on, on, um, beginning of the month, right? right. You know, second, second year, first day of the month. And now we know what month it was. It was the third month. Now. So, Jubilees 44 tells us that on the new moon of the third month, Yaakov went on his way of the well of the oath. Now, where, where was the well of the oath? They, they translate it as the well of the oath, but we know it as a place, as a city, you know, um, Beersheba, right? Okay, and it says, and he offered a sacrifice to Elohim of his father Isaac, on the seventh of this month. Okay? So now we do have this in Genesis where he did go, you know, and now it tells us that he offered a sacrifice to the Elohim of his father Isaac on the seventh of this month. Now, why do you think he offered this uh, sacrifice on the seventh of this month? Anyone? Well, you offer sacrifices on the feast, but not oh, just because they come. Was it the Sabbath? Was it the Sabbath? But that could be one reason. Could be the Sabbath. You know, um, it was the seventh for the month. So, seventh completion. Well, it is. Um, it could. It could be. It could be the Sabbath. You know. Um, but keep that in mind. Put it on the shelf for now. You know. Now it goes on and says, and Yaakov remembered the dream that he had seen at Bethel. And he feared to go down into Mizraim. And while he was thinking of sending word to Yosef to come to him and that he would not go down, see, he was about to um, decline the offer. He was, you know, um, Yosef had sent for him. He was about to decline the offer. You know, and so he says, and while he was thinking of sending word to Yosef to come to him and that he would not go down, he remained there seven days, you know, because he didn't know. He, he's, he's trying to get Yah's direction, you know. Now, this is, you know, 
when I, when I read this, you know, like this had me contemplating on the lesson I gave Thursday, you know, uh, where, where Yah says, where, where it was uh, in, in the scripture where Yah basically taught, you know, that if you don't know what to do, then you just rest. You rest in the, in, 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 in lay up, lay up, uh, rest upon the truths that you do have. Amen. You know, and so, you know, he remained there seven days. He said, if perchance he could see a vision as to whether he should remain or go down. Now, check this out. And he celebrated the harvest festival of first fruits with old grain. So now we know again that it was in the third month, right? You know, now we know that on the seventh of the month, he, he sacrificed, right? Mm -hmm. Then he remained there seven days. Yeah. Seven to seven is what? Fourteen. Fourteen. So he remained there seven days, you know, and then, you know, it says, if perchance he would see a vision. So he said he stayed another week, and then he celebrated the harvest festival of the first fruits, you know, with old grain. You know, and it says, for all the land of Canaan, there was not a handful of seed in the land, for the famine was over all the beasts. Um, and cattle and birds and also over man. And it says on the 16th, Yahoo appeared to him and said, you know, now, you know, here it is. It says, and he celebrated the harvest festival of first fruits with old grain. And on the 16th, so we know um, here on, he remained seven days. So this would have been the 14th. So it looks like on the 15th, he celebrated first fruits. Yeah. And then on 16th, Yahuwah appeared unto him. Which was the same day Yahuwah appeared unto Abraham. Remember? I told you put it on the shelf that he spoke to him on the 16th. Again, Yah is speaking on the 16th. Can you see that? You know, now, I wish I would put what he said because what he said was very similar to what he said to uh, Abraham during that day as well. You know, now, because the Zadokite, because we had a Zadokite calendar, we can align this up, this, this account up with the calendar. Now, this is the calendar from year two. So this is the same, you know, if this, the Zadokite calendar is Yah's calendar, then it should be the same as this Jubilee's calendar, you know, and we know because the calendar doesn't change because it's Yah's, right? Mm -hmm. So it should align, you know, even as we saw, like with Passover, it aligned, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so in the second year of this week, on the first day of the month, so we have year two, you know. Now it, it said, uh, on the new, he took journey on the new moon of the third month. So when was when is the new moon of the third month? Now, if we look here, the new moon of the third month is on the sixth. Now, that's when he took journey, and he went down uh, on the way to well over to uh, Beersheba, and he offered a sacrifice on the seventh of this month. So if we look at the seventh, we see it was a Shabbat. He offered the sacrifice 
on the Sabbath because it was a Sabbath. You know, uh, so that's why he was offering a sacrifice on the seventh of the month. Can you see that? You know, year two, you have the, uh, the, the uh, new moon, and then you have the Sabbath. You know, so he went a day's journey, you know, and then he sacrificed on the Shabbat. And then he stayed there and said for seven more days, which would have been another Shabbat on the 14th. So he wouldn't have been able to leave right then anyway because it was Shabbat, right? But it, it tells us that on the 15th, he kept Shabbat. Right? And then on the 16th, Yah spoke to him. And on the 16th, Yahuwah appeared unto him and said... So, if you look at this in conjunction with the Zadokite calendar, it aligns perfectly. It aligns perfectly. It absolutely measures up. Hallelujah. Yes. Now, I thought that was Yasa. But wait, there's more. <laughs> now, if you go to year one, it doesn't work. Month three, year one. The new moon of the third month is way down at the 16th. So it wouldn't work. So that doesn't check out. Now, within the Zadokite calendar, if you don't know, there's a six-year cycle. And so, you know, month, um, year one is the same as year four. Year two is the same as year five. And year three is the same as year six. You know, so we see here year one, it doesn't check out. Now, if we go to year three, we see it checked out on year two, right? Which is aligned with scripture. But year three, we see the, the new moon falls on the 26th. Definitely won't work, right? Because, you know, that put him past the 16th, you know, so um, when he spoke to him, so he didn't have time to keep the Sabbath on the 7th or anything. So th that doesn't work. You know, if we go to year four, you know, which is the same as year one, again, new moon is on the 16th. So he didn't have time to keep the, um, the Sabbath on the 7th, you know, uh, and it doesn't align with the scripture, you know, so year four doesn't work. Now, year five, because it's the same as year two in the cycle, it does work. We see the, the new moon on the sixth. He sacrificed on the seventh. He stayed there an additional seven days to the next Sabbath. You know, he had Shabbat on the 15th, and Yah spoke to him on the 16th. You know, so, yes, year five checks out just like year two because they're the same in the cycle. You know, now, and if you go to year six, it doesn't check out because year six is the same as year three, you know. So, you know, the moral of the story is like, you know, on your way to accomplishing your goals, sometimes there are going to be some pieces missing to the puzzle. 
you know, but what we're to do is to rest on the truths that we do have and wait for Yah to reveal light to us concerning the situation. And then when he does, we move. You know, so, you know, I like to, uh, you know, I, I like to thank that brother that uh, reached out to me. He knows who, who he is, you know, um, and, you know, and I just, uh, you know, I love him. And, you know, I know that y'all used him, you know, and I feel like it was, it was a test all the way around, you know, not only for myself, not only for that person, not only for, um, but for BYA as a whole. You know, and so Shalom, everybody online. Have a blessed evening.